So welcome back to the Barbell Bikini and Biz podcast. You join me for another solo podcast today. And today's topic of podcast might be something that sounds quite controversial and that's because it, it, it is, but I wanted to share it for a reason which I'll get into now. So the topic is what my eating disorder taught me. Now before I start, I want to put a disclaimer out there and I'm not saying that my eating disorder was a positive experience. I'm not saying that you need to have mental health issues to to learn these things or what I'm basically saying is that I'm taking a negative, taking a negative, (laughs) I'm taking a positive from a negative. It was a very dark period of my life. It was a very bad period of my life, you know, something that potentially could have killed me if it got worse something that I've had to struggle and battle with for years on afterwards. But there are a lot of take-homes from my experience and journey with it, which have shaped the person I am today, made me better, more grateful. And if you're going to take anything home from this, what I'm going to say is, you know, take positives from negatives. That is what this podcast is going to be about, but I'm going to be sharing my story on this and the lessons and take-homes that I got from my experience with anorexia. So sit back, relax, I don't know if enjoy is the right word there, but I hope it provides you with some insight. And like I said, at the end of this, perhaps you could think of a negative thing that's happened in your life, whether that's a loss of someone, a battle with mental health, a loss of a job, whatever it may be, and think about the positives that have come from that situation. Because there always will be, there will be some sort of character building, there will be elements of gratitude. It could be lockdown. You know, lockdown made us grateful for the smallest things like our gyms, our freedom, our autonomy. So use this to have that time to reflect and it can really help change your outlook on your past experience and actually your perception and outlooks looking forward as well. So the first one is to basically, pardon my French, fuck the scale. And The reason for this is that during my eating disorder, I chased numbers. I chased X amount of pound loss a week. I chased, I want to hit this number weight and I will be happy in how I look and how I feel. And every time I lost X amount of weight, I still wasn't happy. I wanted to lose more. Whenever I hit my little micro goals, if I want to get down another half stone, I wasn't happy. And this is the same now, like, you know, when I was doing my, for example, my little photo shoot prep, the number on the scale dropping didn't actually make a difference to how I felt in myself or deem my success. It was all about how I felt in myself, you know, during the photo shoot prep, for example, when I got leaner and I started to notice that that was good. It didn't necessarily matter what the scale was saying. It was how I looked and how I felt. And with the eating disorder, I never felt good at a certain weight. I was never happy. I was never satisfied. And what I've learned is that the number is really meaningless. It's simply a tool of measurement, but it's not the be all and end all in how you feel. That number will never make you feel happy. When you hit your target weight, for example, you will want more. You will want to still continue to make changes. And it's about how you feel in yourself, how you feel, how you look and how confident and comfortable you feel. That number is meaningless unless you feel good in yourself. So what has made me feel good in myself, and it's only really something that's probably come about the last year where I've developed this sense of self-confidence in my body and how I look and how I feel, is lifting. I feel strong and empowered and I'm seeing the changes to my physique in terms of building my muscle and that is something that makes me happy and feel comfortable. Right now, you know, I wouldn't be bothered, I'm not bothered about that scale weight going up, whereas in the past that would scare the hell out of me. That number is meaningless. I use it 
uh, as a tr you know to track progress to make sure that I'm not gaining too fast and putting on unnecessary body fats, or that I'm not dropping too fast to detriment you know muscle, the muscle that I built. But that's simply it. it. It doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't make me feel good. You know, being X amount of pounds that doesn't make me feel good in my physique. What makes me feel good is lifting and feeling strong and seeing the physical improvements. And this is something that I really like to hit home with clients. Like that number is not what I focus on in the check-in that we do each week. It's good if we're looking for fat loss and it's come down, fantastic. But that's not the only thing we focus on. It's one baby aspect of the whole check-in. And it's a baby aspect of a baby aspect. Because one of the parts of the check-in is just about how you feel in your physique. The scale is one part, but we look at how their clothes fit. How do you feel? Um, has anyone noticed any changes? Have you noticed any changes? And then that is a small aspect of the whole thing, which where we then look at things like your nutrition, your training. So it's, it's really nothing to be totally zoned in on. And I think this is a problem with society, which I'll come on to later, actually, is that we're just too obsessed with numbers and we are too obsessed with the scale and what it says and hitting X amount of pounds loss a week and hitting X weight will make you feel happy. But I promise you, it doesn't. If you know, It's about being comfortable and confident in yourself and that comes with how you see yourself and it doesn't come about from the number. That's what I'm trying to say there. So, yes, if you want to feel comfortable and confident, yes, you may need to drop body fat. But even if you dropped six pounds and, you know, maybe in your head you're thinking you should drop a stone, you might look totally different in that six pounds and feel so much more comfortable and confident. And that is what's going to make you feel good, not the number, if that makes sense. I think it does. But let's move on to something that I kind of touched upon then. And this is about society. And that it's, I learned that society is far too focused on dieting and fat loss. Now, I don't have a problem with dieting and I don't have a problem with fat loss. You know, ultimately, it's something that many people need to do to better their health, to improve, um, to better their physique, to make them perhaps feel better in how they look and confident. Like, I don't have an issue with it at all. And I don't think, and I'm not going to say it's what caused my eating disorder, but for sure it perpetuated it. Like I remember being in the depths of it and feeling like I had to be continue dieting, feeling like I had to cut calories, feeling like I had to do it and seeing other people doing it and comparing myself to other girls. Like I do think now that dieting is very, very much a part of a female identity. Like I speak to young girls now, you know, girls as young as 11, 12 who who are, feel like they have to drop body fat and feel like they have to be dieting even when they don't. And I think this is a societal issue that people are always on diets. Like whenever you open a magazine, a celebrity is always talking about a diet that she's been on. And it's a positive thing. It's like, oh, you know, she's doing really well on a diet. And some of these diets that these celebrities advocate are just absolute trash, like awful things that, you know, leaves basically every day. And it's, it's just not needed. But this needs to change because there's just too much focus on the drive of dieting and always having to be in it. I just don't think it's the right approach because one, it creates a very sort of restrictive mindset that people feel they need to cut everything out. And this is why people never actually then succeed with dieting because maybe, who knows, if I'd have been more educated at the time when it came to fat loss and I, you know, learned about creating a lifestyle approach with it. And not feeling the need to totally restrict myself, maybe I wouldn't have ended up with it. Who knows? And I'm not saying that that was the cause, and I'm not saying that that's what causes them, but it's something that I have thought about. If I knew what I knew now and what I teach to other people about making small, sustainable changes over a short period of time rather than this 
crazy focus we have with having to be on this diet and cut foods out and restrict this and do this and it's it's a problem it's a very big problem and I think because maybe we have a bigger problem with obesity now diet industries you know have more of a customer base to target and they they promote quick fixes because it's more glamorous and people fall for them these fads and I think this is what gets in people's heads because they feel like they're never getting anywhere they always have to be dieting and it's a problem whereas realistically we just need to promote energy balance you know balancing out aiming for whole foods but having little treats here and there it's a very simple message that we need to deliver but it's not a glamorous message it's a slower process and ultimately it's not going to make sales as such and this is why we have a problem because the industry that is getting in people's heads is giving false information and creating the image that you need to be doing all these crazy diets and that's something that needs to change but I don't think will change anytime soon because it's a huge industry it's a huge market and the power of one person alone like myself or maybe a handful of people who share the same message and ideals as me is not going to overturn multi-million pound industry and that's why I speak about it on things like my podcast on my Instagram because if I can change a couple of people's perception and knowledge then it's the best I can do and the more people that I can make aware they can spread to other people and that's creating that chain reaction that is ultimately what my goal is out to do so I'm not out for sales I'm out to help and support people I don't want people to ever think that I'm always out to make sales and just get people to buy from me because some so many trainers are but I just want to get my message out there that is the main thing get the message out there and educate people because like I said who knows if I'd have been more educated maybe I wouldn't have had an eating disorder or at that point at least in my life but that's another topic for discussion the next thing I learned from my eating disorder was that mental health provisions in this country and I I don't know about other countries but I can only speak for the UK are terrible absolutely terrible and I've had um, a few other issues um, in my more recent life with anxiety and depression which I'm happy to talk about and again the provisions and the services that have been made available are pretty pretty shocking so if I went back to the first time I went to the GP because ultimately that is the line of route you have to go down unless you are going private which is very expensive and the reality is most people can't afford that route and why should you have to afford that route you know if you, if you can get you know support for physical illnesses you know free provisions or medication which realistically isn't that much of an expense you know maybe a tops 20 pounds a month why should you then have to pay you know 60 pounds for a counseling session or something which crazy which they are and the first thing they did, this is with an eating disorder as well, is throw me onto medications. And again, might be me being sceptical, might be me being quite cynical, but again, it's an all-in industry. If they throw your medications, that's more money coming to the pharmaceutical. I think there's a huge issue with that. I think that it's all about profit realistically and hitting targets, which it shouldn't be. But that isn't always the answer. Medication can help, and it, it, it has helped me in the past with certain issues, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's not the main thing that's going to help people now. When you study psychology and, for example, you study mental health and psychology, you will learn about different theories and ideologies behind what causes mental health issues. One of those roots is neuropsychology, which is basically brain chemistry, which is when medication would then come into use. But the other lines of roots are, for example, looking at trauma, looking at learnt behaviours, 
looking at thoughts and feelings. These are other models and roots which aren't going to be tackled by medication. So why are we trying to tackle something which is explained through multiple different disciplines and avenues and roots and ideas through one single thing? It doesn't make any sense. And this is why people don't necessarily ever get really the support they need. Now, I did then eventually get counselling, but I was put onto a waiting list. And I think the waiting list at first was about eight months, which for someone who was dropping weight very quickly and was getting very, very underweight, that probably would have seen me in hospital before that. And I know for adults now, the waiting list is even longer. You can be up to a year, which if you're really struggling with depression, you know, you, you can't wait a year. You can't. You can maybe hold on for another month, push through, but a year, you can't do that. Imagine if someone had a broken arm and said, oh, we know we can't give you an operation till a year. Like, you just be like, that's just ridiculous. You can't say that. You can't make me wait. And it's the same situation there. And the actual support I did get was really naff. It was really naff. And it definitely wasn't the thing that saved me from my eating disorder at all. And I think it just still shocked me because we know so much now about mental health. There are so many charities and research is going behind it you know there's so many people studying it and doing research in it from psychology stands for you know there's so much research and knowledge behind it now and understanding that it impacts so many people I just don't understand why the provisions are still still so terrible and why you have to wait so long and when you do have to wait you don't really get a good necessarily level of support that's just my experience but I know a lot of people have experienced the same and that needs to change as well but whether it will or not I don't know it's getting better it's definitely getting better the support out there but it's still not enough for how many people are affected and the time frame waiting lists are just ridiculous and that needs that needs to be sorted for sure number four um I learned who really cares now when I was really really ill at the worst points it really really highlighted who was important to me in my life because everyone sort of knew because it's not one of those things that you can hide is anorexia like especially when you've lost quite a lot of weight like I think I dropped about three stone maybe more in quite you know less than six months so it was a very noticeable you know weight loss and people who hadn't seen me necessarily in that time frame I was always a little bit bigger before so people noticed and you can you can tell when someone's slimmed down and I was very underweight so I looked ill I looked ill so everyone knew but people who offered their support their kind words people who listened to me people who offered their time and family it really hit home who cared and who was there for me in life and I think it was to be honest at that point there was quite a turning point in life as to who I decided I was going to keep in my circle and who I wasn't the people who were there for me at, at that moment in my life who listened who cared who offered their support they are people now who I still I'm very close to and if I'm not close to them if they ever came to ask me for anything I would I'd offer my support and guidance and help as as much as I could because these people show they cared in a very time of need and it shows you actually really deep down cares that when things get tough it shows who actually cares because if they're there for you in the bad times not just the good then they actually give a shit about you and it definitely really showed me how much I care about my family like I always loved my family don't get me wrong I always did but you know at times we were having arguments and it created quite a divide and it it was a very strange time of my life but it made me seriously appreciate and brought me a deeper love and connection to my family that something that I'd never experienced before 
So in that respect, it was a total, total blessing. It made me very grateful for the people that I had around me. Not that I wasn't before, but it, until you go through, it's like when, I think it's similar to like when someone dies in your family, for example, if you've had a bereavement and you just feel more connected to your family because you're all going through something quite dark and you all support and help each other. I, I think it's similar to that. So it brought me a new level of gratitude and it showed me who really cares. And I now know that in this, especially in my life now, because I've come across new people, I've met new people since then, I've made new friends. And the ones who've been there for me during very dark times or struggles and listened to me, they're the people I still keep in my circle and the people who just want to know me when things are going well, I ditch them. I don't give them any of my time. And ultimately you should do the same. If people are not willing to be there for you in the, the worst times, but just the best, they, they don't really care. So sack them off and surround yourself with people who actually give a shit and really care about you. And the final thing I learned was just to keep going. That even when things seem dark, when things seem like they're never going to get better, like you're never going to get out of something or achieve something, you can and you will. When I was at my illest, I literally never saw me having a quote-unquote normal relationship with food again. I never saw me being able to gain weight again without having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. I never saw me feeling better. I never saw this voice that I had in my head at the time leaving. I never saw myself being normal. I always saw myself as being this freak who was going to struggle with this and probably end up dying from it. That was literally how I saw things. In, to be bleak and quite blunt, and but honest and upfront, that is how I felt. But it did, you know. Now I'm not petrified of the scale. I'm not petrified of food. I'm, I'm the total opposite. I'm using food to fuel me. I'm eating quite a quite a lot of, that, of food a day. I eat a lot when I'm not dieting, of course. I eat more food than most of my friends around me. It's a total flick of the switch, and it's shown me that when things may seem impossible, it's possible. When things seem like they're never gonna get any better. You just have to keep going and eventually you will find that light at the end of the tunnel and it is worth battling for. And this is something that has helped me in modern walks of life. So when things seem a t you know, challenging and tough, whether that's in my training, in growing my business, in my life, whatever it is, you just got to know that, yeah, you'll get through it. For lockdown and this cold COVID situation, for example, it's, it's horrible, it's stressful, it's not ideal, but we will get through it. We will get through it and that's taught me that. And that wraps up the podcast that is everything well it's not everything but it's the probably the, the key topics that I wanted to touch upon as to what having an eating disorder has taught me how it's changed me how it's changed my perceptions on life how I view the world and ultimately it shaped the person that I am today now like I mentioned at the beginning I do think doing this is very important to reflect upon your previous experiences especially the negative ones and think well what what has it taught me or what what as good has happened for it because there's always a positive take home has it changed you as a person has it made you mentally stronger by losing your job did you get a better one by having issues with you know anxiety and depression did that make you a stronger person did it make you more independent did it what have these things taught you what have they brought about and by doing that it can help you just feel a lot more better about the situation and it can help you actually feel really sort of good about what you've accomplished ever since so thank you for listening guys i hope you've enjoyed this one i hope it's provided you with some insight and i look forward to seeing you on the next one